Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for pulling your chair up to the cool kids table. Oh my gosh, I started this show over four years ago, and I never knew that I would have so much fun. And this episode, I'm throwing the script away because Adam has been on this show before. Adam, how do you say your last name? Because I don't want to screw it up. It's Skyble. No, it's Shibley. Shibley. Adam Shibley. I was going to say Skybull, and I knew that wasn't right. So Adam Shibley, he is the host of The Million Pound Mission, which is one of the best fitness podcasts out there. This guy lost 100 pounds, and then he got inspired to help everybody else learn about fitness. And he's not one of these people who's like, oh, you know, go have huge giant abs. He's all about get out there and make healthy choices. And he is trying to help people lose a million pounds. Not one person, because that would be weird. But uh, he's trying to, over time, have people do that. And he is one of my favorite people that I have met through podcasting. I say it all the time that my podcast has been like the best networking tool I have ever encountered. So uh, he has started a new show that is uh, all about for podcasters. So if you're thinking of starting a podcast, you've got to listen to his new show that's called Casting the Pod. And he just interviewed me on the show. It's by the time this goes live on Cool Things, it has probably already aired. So you want to go back and listen to it because he is a great interviewer. But we wrapped up the show and I'm like, do you have 30 minutes? Let's just interview you again because he was such a great guest when he was on before. So I don't even know where we're going to go today, but we are going to talk about things that really matter to you as an entrepreneur or a wantrepreneur because Adam is out there doing it. He owns a fitness studio. He's got a couple of podcasts. He's a coach. Adam makes stuff happen. And at the same time, he's a loving husband and father. He is exactly the type of person you want as a role model. But before I can actually talk to Adam... I have to thank the first sponsor of this episode. Now, many of you out there, I know that you offer physical products to your fans and customers. And dealing with all that physical stuff, mailing it and putting it in envelopes, that is a pain and it takes up your precious time. Well, my friends at Amplifier blend order fulfillment, screen printing, and on-demand production into a single self-serve platform that you control. They can integrate with your e-commerce shop and help you drive your giveaway campaigns. They are great for internet powerhouse companies and for entrepreneurs who are just starting out. And what does on-demand mean? It means no inventory risk, but as you grow, you can stock up on inventory and Amplifier will handle all of that for you. So jump over to amplifier.com slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Adam... Welcome back to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Tom Singer, I am fired up, brother. Uh, this is a totally on the fly, uh, and I'm sorry, this is when I'm at my best. So uh, let's dive in. Let's talk about some cool things that uh, that we entrepreneurs are doing out there. That's right. Well, if anybody wants to know sort of your backstory, they can go back and listen to the previous episode. I have no idea what number it was because we didn't do any homework before this show, but I will post it in the uh, show notes on the page on my website so that they can link back and find that. But what I really want to do is talk about changes as an entrepreneur. How do you pivot? How do you grow? Because you've been doing this for a long time, but 
competition pops up. Things happen and you've got to figure out a new direction and what do you do? So let's look at all of your businesses. So you own a fitness studio. Tell us about the fitness studio. Yeah, the fitness studio is my passion project. That's like, it's kind of my life's work up to this point where um, just like the, the 10 second recap of my story is I used to weigh 327 pounds. I lost 100 pounds. I started helping people in my home community. Uh, over five years, I started a boot camp. I started a fitness business. My hometown lost 35,000 pounds and we got things cooking. So I'm all about impact and I've always been about finding people that I can teach. Uh, I know there's a lot of us out there. Tom is a person that's exactly the same as me. We have this message burning inside of us. And it's not like I might be able to help people with this message. It is. I absolutely know. I'm 100% certain and confident that I can implement, implement these uh, things and teach the people these things and it will help them. So I started my fitness business. And uh, at this point, uh, when we launched, it was great because there was only like five other fitness businesses in my hometown. How many and, years have uh, you had this? We, we launched the group fitness business uh, with boot camps in 2009. So we're approaching 10 years. Nice. Yeah. And we started off in 2009. There are five competitors. Right now, legitimately over 50. They have poured in. We're a college town. All the big name brands, the Orange Theories, the Ferrell's Extreme Body Shaping, the Anytime Fitness, YMC, like multi-million dollar brands and I'm go, trying to go toe to toe with these people. And it's, it's been hard. Like it's, it's a, um, when you don't have the, the multi-million dollar marketing budget or the team or the know-how, but you just have a whole hell of a lot of energy. Uh, and we're riding that. Uh, but it's, uh, it's been a pretty fierce battle. And that, like you said, it's time to start looking at a uh, pivot and, and seeing what other things are out there, what the real situation is and how we adjust. So if you go from five competitors to 50 competitors in like nine years, is that scary? Dude, I've had, I've, I've been in the hospital two different times from anxiety attacks, like legitimately been, you know, gone, think I'm having a heart attack. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's super scary. I, I wake up at night stressed out about that. And just because the thing is with, with fitness and with what I do, you know, I heard Tony Robbins say this, that the, the best company doesn't always win. A lot of times it's the best marketing company and marketing is not one of my strong suits. And, um, you know, the marketing budget between myself and Orange Theory Fitness is very different. Like, <laughs> no, wait, do you think that Orange Theory has a couple of more dollars in their marketing department? What? I mean, my, my monthly Facebook ad spend is like less than a hundred dollars and they are like spending that per second. You know, <laughs> you know? so it, uh, yeah, I, I see they have a bus, they have a bus in our town. That's an Orange Theory bus. And I'm like, Okay, well, I might be able to get like a bicycle or something. I get my my kids tricycle and ride it around. Put my logo. I was logos just gonna say it. your kids riding to school with a backpack with your logo on it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, I've tried to figure out ways to combat the big brand with the hometown message. I'm hometown kid. I've grew up. I've helped this town, and I try to focus on impact. Saying, you know, I've helped over 15 people lose over 100 pounds in our hometown alone. Uh, that's hard to do. No one else talks about results. They're talking about, well, we've got water inside of our rowers. Or we've got the fanciest flooring or cool lighting. And their facilities, I, won't, I will never be able to compete on fanciness of facility. But impact, uh, that's, what, that's my ride or die marketing technique is I'm actually helping people. But a lot of times it's still, that's probably the most frustrating thing about my career so far as an entrepreneur is that that doesn't always win. And that's what I'm trying to figure out. 
So you talk about fear and anxiety. I mean, this is in the, in the research that I do and talking to people about the gap between potential and results, fear is one of the most popular. In fact, it's probably the number one reason that people say they're being held back. So, so how do you work through the fear? Well, sometimes you just have to. Sometimes either, you go to the hospital, whatever. Yeah, it's, it's either sit in the corner and cry or take action. But Wait, no. wait, wait. Sit in the corner and cry is an option? <laughs> I didn't Not know. really. Oh, wow. Really. I, that that would answer why I'm drawn to the corner to cry so much. <laughs> but with me, like my why is still a whole lot stronger and a lot bigger than the why nots. And my why of, you know, my podcast is called The Million Pound Mission. And that's it's what drives me. And it's not because I think it obviously would be cool to help people lose a million pounds, but it's about knowing that I've put, put my stamp. I've put that Adam Shively stamp on the world of I've made that level of impact that still gets me out of bed. That gets me fired up to take on the giants and it, it creates a fearless mindset of I have to do this because for some people, if they don't hear my message, they won't ever get healthy. So it's my duty. I've been put on this earth to do this, deliver this message and change people's lives. So if I, if I can do that through my hometown gym, that's great. If I have to pivot and focus online, that's great too. I'm just looking for the audience and the modality to deliver the message. So you had the, you had the fitness business and then what was the next step? Was it the podcast? Was it the group coaching? What was it? What was the other parts? The, the podcasting came next as we started to look and say, okay, how do we make a bigger impact? I'm not going to be able to help my hometown lose a million pounds. It's just not, the numbers just won't work. So we have to get, or it'll take me forever. So we had to look bigger. How do we get in front of more people? So that's where the podcast came about. And then I started learning about online programs and, and coaching and things like that. Cause that's what I love to do. Like I'm a coach. I love to assess a situation, see a problem, help bring clarity to that situation give people action steps and then hold them accountable to that. And that's just, my recipe that, that I use and it works. So I'm just looking for, for ways to deliver that. And the podcast was a great way to do that. And the natural flow was, okay, you've heard my podcast. You've been inspired. Here's how we implement. And here's how I hold you accountable. Let's do, I've, I've got a, uh, I hate to even call it a mastermind. It's kind of a, a mastermind is part of it. Uh, but I, I call it my transformation reboot program where people are plugged into a community of like-minded people. And we do a 28 day program and we kind of reset every 28 days because with fitness, I mean, Tom, you know how hard it is just to maintain your momentum and people beat themselves up and I've been in the trenches, you know, and I've been a heavier person. So I know the mindset of the heavier person. I know the mindset of the person that is trying to lose weight and that's their comfort zone of I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm not actually achieving that. I know to help, how to help them break free of that. So I'm always looking for ways that I can actually connect and deliver. Uh, and with my hometown, it's easy. I, I grab a hold of them. I can see them. I can look them in the eye. And with podcasting, they can hear my voice. And then when they go into my, one of my programs, we're jumping on Skype chats and Zoom chats. And I can look them in the eye and talk to them and go one-on-one. So that's been the, kind of the natural evolution of the whole process. So when did you start your podcast? When did the, the first one, when did the Million Pound Mission begin? 2015. So mid, mid, like around uh, June of 2015, I believe. So uh, we're two and a half years into it. And, and you do the show once a week? We've gone for, I started it once a week. Then for a year, I did three episodes a week. And now I'm back to once a week. And uh, because I launched my new show, so I'm doing once a week for each, each show. So 
you are one of these people who fell in love with podcasting when you found it. I mean, mm. I, I only met you a year ago, but I've, I've kind of heard the story about, about how you started the podcasting. And obviously, it's a great way for you to let that light shine that's in you because you really do have a message that you want to put out there. But what is it about podcasting that got you so excited? Well, I feel like like the modality of voice is very convenient. And with anytime we're trying to learn something or as a coach, as we're trying to teach something, we want to make it as convenient as possible for the person we're trying to connect with. So I did some YouTube stuff and people are like, dude, your YouTube videos are like 30 minutes long. I'm not sitting in front of my computer and watching this. Um, <laughs> although I watch my seven-year-old son, he could watch YouTube all day long and he watches other people play video games. And I'm like, how is this even entertaining? Uh, so, um, but he's not my target audience. So uh, I tried the YouTube <laughs> thing, but then I found it with, with podcasting. I tried, well, then I tried blogging and my energy wasn't quite coming through. So with podcasting, they can hear my voice and they can hear the passion and the energy behind it. And it started to resonate with people. And I just remember the first time somebody emailed me back and they're like, this is exactly what I needed to hear. That's all it took. One person, I'm like, okay, I'm hooked. That's exactly, we talked earlier, uh, I talked about the conversation is my compensation. I'm not, get, I'm not making buku bucks to get on the mic and podcast, but when I know that I made an impact, I made that connection, maybe that leads to some coaching down the road or whatever, but just that initial email back and going, hey, that made a difference. That's everything for me. So there's a lot of misnomers out there around podcasting. I mean, everybody thinks, oh, I start a podcast. I'm going to have all these advertisers. And I, you know, I think it's probably less than half of a percent of people who are getting legit advertising money on their podcast. I mean, there's a lot of people, you know, I have a lot of friends who they trade advertising with some other people so that they can sound like they have sponsors. And, you know, I've got sponsors that I have a financial commitment with, but it's more of an in-kind type thing. But I think very few people are really getting the big, big checks every time they run an ad on their show. So what are you doing to monetize that podcast? Because at the end of the day, you are an entrepreneur. You got to make money. Yeah, this is a trap that I fell into early as well. I think we all do. We get kind of mesmerized like, oh, sponsors, they're going to come rolling in and you start doing like, okay, like before we even launch the show, I think every podcaster does this like, all right, if I can make $150 an episode and I do three episodes a week and then like we start running the numbers like by year five, I'm making $10 million an episode. Yes. And then by year five, you're not even doing a podcast because you never made any money. So with me, the, the formula that's worked for me personally is I put out high level content. Like I really focus on building the audience. That's my main asset, connecting with people, getting them to share it out and develop that relationship, develop a community, whether it's with casting the pod with the podcast community or with million pound mission with the fitness community. And then I offer uh, that mastermind coaching. So uh, I love online courses. I love the combination of a good online course to jumpstart somebody's journey combine that with community. So they, they come in for the, the course, they stay for the, for the community and we keep people plugged in. There's accountability, there's relationship there. And that's where I've been able to monetize my show. I've done some one-off courses and things like that, but that's really where I feel like my skill set is being delivered in an effective way. And also we're able to start to build a little bit of an income. So it's, uh, it's starting to happen. I didn't figure this out until probably six months ago. And that's, uh, that's uh, you know, how yeah. I roll. One of the things I said when you interviewed me about podcasting is, is I'm four years and over 400 episodes into this, and I feel like I'm at square one. I'm just now launching. And so I think the mistake people make is they think that, oh, podcasting is going to be so easy. 
and you know they they call it pod fade it just their podcast dies away and so you know i think that, that, that that's you know it's a thing it's it's this is the long tail this is a big big project to take on you know doing a podcast so what made you start casting the pod as a new as a new realm what was what is your interest in the podcast community well anything that i'm passionate about i dive in i try to learn as much as possible and then in the in the circles that we run in we start sharing ideas. And I started to find like, man, I've got a lot of ideas about podcasting. I have a lot of ideas about social media and I would do a lot of research. And I'm like, I, I feel like I could grab a hold of somebody brand new and teach them the things that I wish that I knew when I first got going. And we talked a little bit about this when I just interviewed you as well. Like the environment now in podcasting is different than, you know, 10 years ago when it first launched. Like it used to be a land grab. And it was just, you start a podcast and you just go promote it and you're the only one out there podcasting. Now there are like half a million podcasts out there and it's just, it's built differently. There's a lot of connecting together, build, you know, we're raising everybody up as, as we uh, build communities and sharing each other interviews and shows and things like we do. And it's just done differently. So I didn't want to learn from somebody that made it and has been making it for the last eight years because that's just a different environment. So casting the pod is all about my open and honest and authentic journey. Uh, I tell people download numbers. I tell people exactly how I hit certain rankings and things like that. And uh, we, you know, Justin and I just did an episode where I talked about being ranked. We launched the new show, got ranked number two in our category in iTunes, and why that was really a bunch of BS. We only had like 200 downloads, and how do we pull that off? So it's just like it's opening the curtain behind all the little dirty little secrets that podcasters like to use to build their ego up uh, by talking about making no money or you know downloads. It's just an open door because I feel like that's the story that needs to be told. That's why Pod Fade exists. People expect John Lee du Dumas numbers. They expect Lewis Howe's numbers right from the get go, and that's it demoralizes us when we don't see that. Well, and it's harder because four years ago. I, I was a little late to the game, but I was still early enough where I was able to get a lot of attention for my show. And one of the things I tell everybody is I should have known because the day I started my show, Gary Vaynerchuk launched his show. And since then, every celebrity and their cousin has launched a podcast. And so it's like, how does a guy like me even get noticed? So I, I, it's not even my concern, right? This show, it grows organically. People tell other people about it. And it's from guests like you who bring real value to the person who is entrepreneur, entrepreneurial, who says, oh, I see. It's about that passion that's on the inside you know, that I need to, to sort of explore. So, you know, you've been playing the entrepreneur game for a decade now. So you've seen a lot of people, you're an observer, you go to conferences and you meet people. And I know you got really involved in the fitness world. And now, as we said, you've jumped deep, deep into the podcast world at the same time. Why do you think some entrepreneurs get farther across the gap that exists? Because we all have potential, right? We start a podcast, ooh, you know, we have potential to get a lot of listeners. And then some people get 16 downloads a show some people get 1500 downloads a show and then there's some people who are getting 30,000 why do some people get farther across the gap than others as an entrepreneur no matter what their industry that's a great question tom I, one of the biggest compliments i've ever received from uh, somebody actually one of my clients at the gym is she says adam you are tenacious with your implementation and so i get inspired about stuff and i think a lot of us get inspired about things 
but we aren't tenacious with actually implementing. A lot of us never implement at all. They're like, you know, how many podcast listeners out there? But, you know, I'm going to call your people out. I call my people out all the time. How many of you out there listen to stuff? And you're like, that's so inspiring. And then you do nothing about it. You don't implement anything. You don't take that little golden nugget out that Tom gives you each week and say, I'm going to plug this into my life and see what happens. We don't do that. And that's something that I focus on doing and I do it tenaciously. I don't care. You know, if I hadn't gotten ranked number two in podcasting, I don't care. I'm doing casting the pod. Like I am committed. I will do this every week because I'm passionate about it. I know I can deliver a message. I know I can connect with people. I know I can help people. That's the way I am with my, my show million pound mission. That's the way I'm with my fitness center, but I implement and I implement tenaciously and there's really no other option for me. So I think that that's what, that's what separates me from the person that sits on their butt and say, Oh, that's, I'm really fired up about things and they never do anything about it. So I want to shift gears a little bit because I know, I know you socially, we, you know, we talk once in a while. And one of the things you always talk about is, is your wife and kids and you know, you're very dedicated to them. You actually, you know, I know, cause we've talked about this before you carve out time because it can be all encompassing to, to be an entrepreneur and to have a podcast and to have a fitness studio. You carve out time, but your kids are a lot younger than mine. How old are your kids? Uh, my son, Henry is getting ready to turn eight and my daughter, Hannah will be four in a couple of months. So you know how cute they are right now, Adam? Yeah, they are. Enjoy it. Because <laughs> they grow up and turn on you and go to very expensive colleges and then are not grateful for all the sacrifices you make to get them there. So my kids don't like that joke. I tell it all the time because they're, they look at me and they go, when have we ever turned on you? Uh, we're actually very fortunate. I, I have two great kids, but they're age 21 and 16. And what I find interesting is... My 21-year-old, she's a business major in college. She's a senior. She went to college expecting she would go to work for a big company. She's a business major. She wanted to go and, and maybe go to Wall Street and eventually work her way up in, a, in like a Fortune 1000 company to a C-level job. And yet, what has happened is, is that now that she's been there, that's not what she wants to do. Now that she's getting ready to graduate, she wants to figure out how to carve her own path in the world, take that machete and go through the jungle her own way. And while she'll probably get a job to pay the bills for a while, she's really interested in starting something of her own. And one of her interests is starting a fitness business. So eventually I'm going to have her talk to you because obviously you'd be a great resource. But here's the interesting thing. She actually said in a post she did as she launched her fitness company just in its early stages, really, really more just advertising on Instagram so that she'll have a basis when she really goes full time with it. One of the things she said is, I, I watched my parents work for themselves. And while it's not easy and you sometimes don't make a lot of money, you have to make some sacrifices. She said, I, I get it. So what do you think living the life you lead? What message do you think that sends to Hannah and Henry? Well, I, I hope that they see their father, you know, going after a dream and going after something that, you know, it can be scary at times. Like they see me stress out. They see me talking to my wife and I go to her for support and just kind of vent sometimes. Uh, like we're going through some tough stuff with the fitness business right now. Um, but they see me driven by the dream, driven by the impact, but they also see me make time for them. It's not like when I am with them, I'm with them. You know, I'm present. I'm, I'm very into connecting. Like my son is so, it's so cool right now because he's eight years old. He's starting to play basketball. I was a big basketball player. Uh, he's huge. He's four foot eight. He's, he's getting ready to turn eight years old. He's like 105 pounds. He looks like he's 13. I've seen pictures of him. <laughs> he's giant. He's taller than all of his cousins that are like teenagers. Uh, he borrows their clothes. But we're really connecting and he's learning and I'm able to teach him things and we're able to have conversations. And, we're, you know, I'm still kind of looking for that with my daughter. She's 
she's, you know, turning four years old. She's a little bit sassy about things and she's very attached to mommy right now, but I know that'll come. But uh, I hope that they see me able to, you know, compartmentalize things that when I'm at work, I'm focused, I'm driven there. When I'm at home, I'm focused and driven on, on connecting with them and just making an impact wherever that focus is, is currently lying. I hosted a broadcast once for a live simulcast from a conference for the National Speakers Association, and I was like the online host. It was like you know my own talk show where I got to interview all the speakers. For everybody at home who couldn't travel to Washington for the conference, they still got to see the the, the keynotes broadcast, and then they got extra stuff because I interviewed everybody. But one of the speakers didn't show up for their interview, and I was live on the air, and I had nobody to talk to. My my then like 16-year-old daughter was walking by. She's now 21, but she was walking by, and I'm like, Jackie, come here. She jumped in the chair and I go, what's it like to be the child of a professional speaker? And she like looks right at the camera and goes, well, you're gone all the time. And I, and I literally thought, oh, my God, we're just going to throw me under the bus in front of all my peers right here. Ouch. And she goes, but you know what? When you're home, you're actually home more than my friends whose parents are lawyers or doctors or whatever. They're gone 12 hours a day when you're actually at home. You can do whatever you want. You can drive me to school. You can do this and that. And that really resonated with me. And when my daughter went off to college and my younger daughter got to high school, I created a, just a thing that she and I have done now for two and a half years. And on Fridays, or if I'm out of town on Friday, we do it on Monday. But once a week, she and I go for coffee. Now, it used to be instead of the bus, I would drive her to school. We'd go to the Starbucks down the street from her, her high school. And we would sit for an hour and just talk. We'd talk about high school. We'd talk about our family. We'd talk about my business, politics. And we've done that for two and a half years. Now she drives herself to school. So on Fridays, I have to take my own car and follow her and then drive home because we still want to keep this tradition alive. But in a way, you talk about, you know, finding your way, way to connect. That's really been a big thing for her and I. That's our special thing that we do. I never did that with her sister. And her sister made the comment, why didn't you do that with me? And I said, you went to school 25 miles away. I wasn't <laughs> going to drive 25 miles. She went to a, 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 they both go to like high-end magnet schools, but they went to different high schools. I'm like, your sister's seven miles away. That's easy. But, yeah. uh, but it's having that one-on-one -on -one time with them at, at every phase, at every phase of their life. I think that, that that's really important. Yeah. And I always get a parenting tip when I talk to you, Tom. That, that's that's uh, that's what I love about you. Uh, I always pull out some some golden bit of advice, and yeah, be, being an entrepreneur, there are you cross that risk line of okay, no one's going to pay me a paycheck if I don't put in the work, and that's scary as hell. But part of the reward is we're in control of our destiny. You know, if if we are confident enough in ourselves to cross that line and step up and say, okay, I'm my own boss, I'm my own scheduler. Uh, I'm the person that's calling the shots. We do get that freedom payoff. And that's what a lot of people don't get. Even like I was talking to one of my fitness clients uh, about being an entrepreneur. And she's like, yeah, I've, I've always kind of had entrepreneurial ideas, but I work corporate. And I feel like a lot of those ideas just get shut down. And then I stop even bringing them up. And she kind of talked about how that was just kind of a big downer every time she goes to work. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I never have to deal with that. Like I'm, I'm a thousand percent unemployable. I've never, I've worked for someone else for one month out of my entire life. When I was 16 years old, I bagged groceries at a grocery store for one month and I realized that I can't do this stuff. I can't, I always have too many ideas. I have too much energy. 
so I am I'm unemployable. So I'm screwed if I can't make this thing happen, Tom. <laughs> so go go tell that fitness client that you know a great podcast for her to listen to. It's called Cool exactly. Things Entrepreneurs Do. Hey, I know that we only have a few more minutes together because I know that you're interviewing people like all day long, and I, I squeezed out this half hour just because we had such a great conversation on your show. I, I had to share your energy and your passion with everybody who listens to my show. So I, we, I just stole 30 minutes from you. So I know we've only got like four or five minutes. So one of the last things I want to ask you, but first, I've got to thank the other sponsor of this episode. So this episode is also brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you're going to sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Adam Shibley. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Adam, before you go, what's the biggest piece of advice you have for someone? Maybe it's that fitness client who says, I, I, I want to get out of this. I want to go do my own thing. You've done it all along. What, what do I do? If someone wants to start their own business, what would you tell them? I say follow your passion because if you're not passionate about it, if you're just doing it to make money, if like I have to find a way to make money, it probably won't last. But if you're like, if you feel like you have a message inside of you or a thing that you can teach or a thing that you can help other people, I believe that right now we live in an economy where people want to learn and learning is a huge asset. If you're able to teach somebody something, even like Gary Vee kind of jokes about it when he talks about like, you can be the expert on Atari games from 1985 and make a living doing that. But it's true. Like you can, if you can teach somebody something, you can be an entrepreneur. And then once you get that, that thing that you're passionate about, start thinking about ways that you can deliver that message. And then you've got a business. So that's, that's where I would start, Tom. So million pound mission and casting the pod are the two podcasts. If people want to find you, Adam, how do they find you? Two base, two best places, uh, millionpoundmission.com. That's a nice hub. Uh, the podcasts are all over. Uh, you can just search those and then hit me up on Instagram at million pound mission. And I will, uh, I love to connect. So send me a, send me a DM as the kids say. And you're a big Facebook live guy too. You're, you're going live all the time on Facebook. All the time. I go live everywhere, Tom. Tuesday night, you turn on the internet and I'm live somewhere. He is live. If you, if you want, if you want to see someone who is live, find yourself some Adam Shibley. All right, Adam, thank you for being a guest on the show. Tom, uh, getting invited back for a repeat episode is a great honor. It's my life's greatest honor. So uh, I appreciate you so much, my friend. I'll tell you what, I'm going to tell, uh, tell Henry and Hannah that your life's greatest honor was being a second-time guest on my show. So much for parenthood. Whatever. Hey, <laughs> hey, I will tell you what, I am looking to, to try new things, right? That's one of my, my, my life's work thing is trying new things. This whole idea of the impromptu podcast I think might be part of my 2019 plan. Uh, this worked out great. So I think that's going to be my new thing is is finding some people and just shoving them on with no script because this was a great interview hey and thanks to everybody who listened i say it every time if it wasn't for the audience we wouldn't have a show so please if you like the show uh jump onto itunes and subscribe new subscribers matter in fact run around the office and make everyone subscribe in fact when you go to church go up to the pulpit and say wait everybody pull out your iphones and subscribe okay don't do that the priest might get pissed but Tell a friend and get them to subscribe is what I'm really saying. Hey, we're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody just as cool as Adam. I know you're thinking impossible. 
but it's true. But in the meantime, go out there, try something new for yourself, and while you're at it, have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.